It's uh, great to be here outside. Good to uh, good to have you. Uh, there's some great seats right up right up in right right there. Just kidding. Um, we have some uh, some fun today as we uh, as we dive into uh, open scripture. I wanted us to uh, to do a little something. Um, let me get organized here for just a second. I'm going to need your help in just a minute. We're going to recruit a few of you, but um, today our story, our strange story, is a little bit about uh, someone unexpected who uh, who uses their words to um, to make a difference. I don't know whether your words have ever gotten you into trouble or not. I wanted to maybe and. Maybe. Um, uh, I wanted us to uh, maybe practice a little bit, maybe just in the groups where you're at, uh, a few tongue twisters, just to kind of get things loosened up a little bit, okay? So um, let's, let's try this one, just in the, in the group where you're at, some tongue twisters. Sally sells seashells by the seashore. Go ahead, five times fast, uh, do, do that as you, as you... Oh, and online, if you're sitting in your living room, do that as well. Sally sells seashells by the seashore, and it's not a she-shore. We should have done she-shed, I guess. Sally sells seashells in her she-shed, right? It doesn't work in Spanish, does it? Okay. Uh, here we go. Here's a good one. Double bubble gum bubbles double. Double bubble gum bubbles double. You got that one? That was a little easier. Here's a good one. Chester cheetah... Choose a chunk of cheap cheddar cheese. Chester Cheetah, choose a chunk of cheap cheddar cheese. Chester Cheetah, choose a chunk of cheap cheddar cheese. Chester Cheetah, choose a chunk of cheap cheddar cheese. Got it? Good. Last one. I want a proper cup of coffee from a copper coffee pot. I want a proper cup of coffee from a copper coffee pot. I can't even say it's slow. I want a proper cup of coffee from a copper coffee pot. Come on, come on, practice. All right. Anybody anybody a master at that? I won't call you up, I promise. It's good. All right. So I, I heard a few chuckles. Anybody ever gotten into trouble by uh, with your words? Anybody ever? You don't have to test. We don't. We're not asking for stories here. That's good. Uh, I don't want to want to hear that necessarily. But we have been looking at some strange stories over the last many weeks. Um, the I, I've kind of had fun. I don't know if you guys have, but I have. So you're stuck with it for a few more weeks. But um, uh, this one again, like I said, um, someone very unexpected that spoke up. Uh, that made a difference, and actually his words got him into trouble, but they ended up saving, uh, saving uh, someone's life. The story is found in Numbers chapter 22. Anybody do your devotions from Numbers today? Usually a book that we skip over, and yet this story, probably a pretty famous story, I don't know. Uh, we're going to look at uh, Numbers 22, starting in verse 21, but rather than me reading it, I'm, we're going to act it out today. We, I'm going to need some help, and I'm going to recruit some of you to, uh, to help me. So I need, uh, I need five volunteers, and if you're not volunteer, I'm just going to call on you if you don't uh, raise your hand. So, um, all right, Beth, come on up. Um, Mike, come on up. Raynard, come on up. Let's see here. 
Uh, I've got just a, okay, okay, there's uh, Raymond, and I've got one that's just a really tiny, tiny, small part. Zeta, come on up. All right. Um, okay, we're, we're going to get organized for just a second. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read this. You need to act out as I, as I read. We're going to just kind of figure it out as, as we go. I think, uh, think we'll be all right. Um, do you guys think you can, some, sometimes you're going to have to speak. I'll just kind of run the mic over to you if you have to speak. Good? You ready? There's no practice. You just got to... I think so. Okay. A mean king, Balak. Sorry, I don't have a crown for you. Uh, asked a prophet guy named Balaam to curse the Israelites so they wouldn't take over his country. Please curse the Israelites so they don't take over my country. Good job. I think you're done now, actually. It's good. <laughs> Balaam asked God if he should do it. Should I do it? And God said, no. No. Balaam, though, asked a second time. Should I do it? And God said, okay, go, but don't do any cursing. Okay, go, but no cursing. And that's when things started getting interesting. Okay, Balak, you can... uh, and God, we're going to come back to you later, but you can sit down for now. All right. And actually, because the donkey is facing that way, you, Angel, you need to be on the other side, and maybe you guys start over. There we go. Good. Okay. And Balaam, you're going to be, Balaam, you're going to be pretending to ride your donkey, okay? Okay. So the next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his nice little donkey, and headed down the road. But God knew that Balaam was going to do what the king wanted, not what he wanted, so he sent an angel to block the road. As Balaam was riding along, he didn't see the angel, but the donkey did. The, the angel drew its sword, and the donkey hee-hawed loudly, freak, freaked out, and ran off the road. Oh, Balaam, you're on the donkey. You're... You're, you're, you're riding the donkey, so wherever the donkey goes, you go. Okay, good. All right. Okay, Balaam got mad that his donkey freaked out, so he said, What's up, donkey? Get back on that road. And he beat him. Oh, pretended to beat the donkey. Good. Okay. The donkey got back on the road. But the angel made things harder this time, standing in a narrow spot next to a wall. The angel pulled us, uh, her sword out again, but Balaam didn't see him, see her, excuse me. <clears throat> the poor, stressed out donkey sure saw the don- sure, sure saw the angel again though. He hee-hawed even more. Hee-haw, tried to squeeze past the angel, but he crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. Balaam said, "Ow! What's up, donkey? Get going." And he beat the do- he pretended to beat the donkey again. <laughs> I think it may have been a little more violent than that in scripture, but that's okay. It's good. It's good. I you know. So they eased on down the road again until the angel appeared one more time with her sword. Balaam didn't see the angel, but the donkey did, and this time there was nowhere to run to, baby, nowhere to hide. So the donkey sang that song. Or said it, you know, either way. It's good. Hee-haw. 
after he got done sing, saying that, uh, the donkey had had enough, he gave up, and he laid down. Perfect. Balaam was madder than ever. I want to see mad. Yeah. Well, you know what? Balaam looks madder than ever. He said, what's up, donkey? And he beat, pretended to beat the donkey for a third time. But then something crazy happened. Instead of hee-hawing, the donkey turned to Balaam and in his best distinguished British accent said, By Jove, what's wrong with you, sir? Three beatings is all of this necessary. Now you'd think, if you just heard your donkey talk in a distinguished British accent, that you might be a little surprised and impressed. But Balaam wasn't. He just was mad. He was fuming. Smoke was coming out of his ears. Go ahead. Get, get smoked. We'll wait. Go ahead. I think I see the smoke. I almost... Okay. And Balaam then said, Donkey, you made me look like a fool. If I had a sword, I'd kill you. Shocked and taken aback, the donkey responded, still in his distinguished British accent, But tis I, your favorite donkey. Think about it, sir. Have I ever done anything like this before? Think about it, sir. Ever done anything like this before? Balaam said, no, and he scuffed his sandal in the dust. The donkey then said, and speaking of swords, and he pointed toward the angel. And at that moment, God opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel standing there with his, her sword drawn. Balaam was squared. Squared? Then the, then the narrator got a, okay. The, Balaam was scared. He squealed like a stuck pig. Or that. He whimpered. He covered his eyes and cried. And then he bowed down his head and fell down on his knees. All right. Now it was the angel's turn to speak. And in her best godlike voice, she said, Why did you beat your donkey three times in a row? Balaam shrugged. The angel continued, Look, I've blocked your way three times. Look, I've blocked your way three times. Because you're stubbornly resisting God's will. Your donkey was smart enough to try and get away. And because he did, he saved your life. You should be kissing him instead of beating him. Balaam decided not to kiss his donkey, but he did answer the angel. I'm sorry. I've sinned. I really did not see you there, I promise. If you want me to go back home, I will. The angel said, no, that's all right. Go ahead. But from now on, only do what God tells you to do. So Balaam, the angel, and the donkey all took a bow, and the crowd responded with applause and cheers. And there was even a little cameo for Balak and God. They stood up and took a bow, and the crowd cheered, and it was amazing. Thank you very much, the Medina Nazarene Actors Guild. will be giving you a call. Appreciate that. 
Okay, so strange story, weird story. You've probably heard somewhere along the way about the story of the talking donkey. If not, you've at least seen uh, Mr. Ed, maybe. I don't know. Do they still have Mr. Ed on somewhere? Probably TV land, right? I don't know, somewhere. Um, here's, I don't know. There's a lot there in that story. We didn't. It goes like three chapters. We didn't go into all of that, but that was the, the guts of the story right there. The big thing that I think we need to to learn today is that God cares about where you go and what you do, and he wants to guide your life. God cares about where you go and what you do, and he wants to guide your life. Um, In this story, we saw that God cares so much that he made a donkey talk in order to get Balaam's attention. He doesn't seem to do that these days, I don't guess, but uh, I don't think you should expect your, your pet to start talking some of you may have stories that your dog can say, I love you or something. I'm, I'm sure that that's the case. But uh, God probably isn't going to speak through, uh, through your, uh, your donkey or your pet, but he does care about where you go and what you do, and he wants to guide your life. There are lots of ways that God guides our lives, and he, he speaks to us or uh, guides us. Just uh, raise your hand one at a time. Let me know what are some of the ways that God speaks to us uh, or the way he, ways he guides our lives. Yeah. Through your running. Good. Yeah. Somebody else? How does God guide your life? Yeah. Prayer. Good. Through your spouse. Okay. The word of the Lord has spoken. Take the trash out. A still, small voice. Good. The word. So, scripture through the Bible. Okay. Other people in your life talking to you, guiding you. Yes. Through your pets. <laughs> I was, I was going to, you know, I mean, if they're talking to you, we should probably have a little chat. No, I'm just kidding. We can, we can see. God can use anything and everything. It's good. Okay. Anything else? Through pastor sermons. I, I hear that. I see that hand. It's good. Through nature. Good. You guys are all out in the sun. I'm kind of freezing under here. Most of you are out in the sun. Where'd you get that nice tan? Oh, I got it at church today. You should come to church with me next week, right? All right. Well, I think all of those are, uh, are, are awesome. Uh, God cares about us. He cares about what we do, where we go, and he guides our lives. And all of those things that you said are ways that he guides our lives. Somebody said the Bible, uh, and um, um, I think that's so important. Obviously, we uh, it's the center of, of what we do when we meet every week. And the Bible has, has so much guidance already in it, and it shows it's the best way to live. God has been speaking to uh, humanity for thousands of years, right? Some of that has already been recorded and written down on uh, on these pages. And so if uh, if he's guiding his people and he's been doing it and God doesn't change, he's the same yesterday and today and forever. He's been navigating uh navigating lives for years and we have some of that written down right here, then it makes sense that we would open uh open scripture and see how God Works. We would uh, we would uh, take the time to read what uh, what has already been written. If you're uh, if you're following what the Bible says, you don't need uh, need to listen to a do- talking donkey, right? Well, we don't have to seek out these big supernatural things. It's all written. Uh, a, a lot of things are written right here on the pages of Scripture for us. Uh, the problem is that we don't uh, we don't open it up. I I think we can relate to Balaam. 
because a lot of times our eyes aren't open to where God is leading. Balaam uh, didn't have his eyes open to that angel. Uh, it was only because of the donkey that, uh, that he, his life was saved. Just spoiler alert, but his life wasn't saved later when he decided to go against what God said, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it gets, gets a little shaky later on. But uh, in that moment, um, he, was, uh, he was still, uh, his eyes were, were not open to what God was, was doing and where God was leading him, and I think that many times we're not even looking uh, for where God is moving and, and, and what's happening, and uh, a lot of times that shows up in, in the lack of time that we spend reading his word. Um, if, if we really believe that the God of all the universe cares, cares about us and cares about what we do and where we go, and, and he wrote a lot of advice and guidance uh, down for us in the, in the pages of Scripture, uh, then it would make sense that we would open up those pages and we would, uh, we would spend time there seeking what God would, uh, would want us to do. So, uh, so we do that in a lot of ways. We do that when we gather in a place like this, right? Um, when we gather for, for church, we open, open Scripture and do that. We do that in our personal lives. Um, when we spend time with God, we have to be setting aside time uh, individually, personally, daily to, uh, to pray and, and read Scripture. Uh, God speaks to us. He guides us through that time. We do that when we meet uh, in a group, when we meet for, uh, uh, for classes or, or those types of things. There's, there's a lot of times when we can get kind of off track in, uh, in uh, reading scripture for ourselves. We need the input of others, and um, we need what other, other people are saying and how God is guiding them, and, and that, that works into, uh, into how he guides us as well. So God cares about uh, where we go and what we do, and he guides us through his word. He guides us through all those other, uh, other areas that, that you guys were talking about as well. I, I, I think Probably the most important thing that we need to recognize is that that God cares about us. He cares about where we go and what we do because He cares about us, because He loves us. He, he wants what's best for us. He guides us in the context of a relationship. We can, we can get a lot of guidance in a lot of ways. Uh, you can plug in a location on your phone and, and follow Google Maps or, or uh, uh, whatever app you might have. You can look at the street signs, and that'll take you uh, places. These days, all you have to do around here is follow the detour signs, right? That's about all we have around here is, uh, oh, we can't get there from here. We got to go go around, and but 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 none of those things requires a relationship. We're just we're just getting information, right? We we get information from the signs. You get information from the guy that says slow or stop, right? But you don't have a relationship with that guy. I don't think uh, you just you thank him for the information and you move on. But the best way to really know where you're going is to have someone in the car who knows the way. Uh, they can give you turn-by-turn directions. They can help you navigate around roadblocks. They can safely get you to your destination. Someone who's already been there, somebody who knows the best route, uh, and, and can give you directions. And, and that's really, that's what Jesus does for us, right? Jesus said that, that he would always be with us. He sent the Holy Spirit as our guide. That's really one of the names of the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says, when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Uh, that's, that's a promise that we can take to the bank. When we have the Holy Spirit with us, he is going to guide us where we should go. Um, he's going to give us the, the, the best ways to live. So when we have a relationship with God, it's, it's like the Holy Spirit is, uh, is in the car with us, so to speak, giving directions as you, as you navigate through life. 
I mean, he uses all those ways to, uh, uh, to speak to us, uh, whether that's nature or scripture or uh, the, the advice of godly people or even uh, um, a, a sermon like this. Uh, he uses all those ways, but ultimately it's the Holy Spirit who is doing the guiding. And if we don't have that relationship with him, then our eyes won't be open to, uh, to, to where he's taking us. God guides us in the context of a relationship with him. God cares about you. Uh, God cares about where you go and what you do. Uh, he, he wants a relationship, and, and if you let him, he will uh, guide your life in the best ways possible. Uh, I wanted to uh, read, and I, I'm sure I've done it before, um, but I came across this, this little uh, story of sorts that, uh, that I wanted to share that I think kind of helps wrap things up today. And it's, uh, it's not about a donkey. Um, there's not a donkey in the story. There's a bicycle in the story. It's one of those uh, two-people bikes, the, uh, the tandem bikes, and it's simply called the Road of Life. And I think it gives a great picture for us as we're thinking about not necessarily walking down the road and, and uh, you know, uh, angels ready to, to cut our heads off. That's, uh, that's, that's the violent story of, of Balaam. But I think we can relate to uh, Balaam in, but we need to recognize where God is leading us and care about where God is leading us because God cares about where we go and what we do. The road of life. At first I saw God as my observer, my judge, keeping track of the things I did wrong so as to know whether I merited heaven or hell when I die. He was out there sort of like a president. I recognized his picture when I saw it, but I really didn't know him. But later on, when I met Christ, it seemed as though life were rather like a bike ride, but it was a tandem bike, and I noticed that Christ was in the back helping me pedal. I don't know when it was that he suggested that we change places, but life has not been the same since. When I had control, I knew the way. It was rather boring, but predictable. It was the shortest distance between two points. But when he took the lead, he knew delightful long cuts up mountains and through rocky places at breakneck speeds. It was all I could do to hang on. And even though it seemed like madness, all he said was, pedal. I worried and was anxious, and I asked, where are you taking me? And he laughed and didn't answer, and I started to learn to trust. I forgot my boring life and entered into the adventure, and when I'd say I'm scared, he'd lean back and touch my hand. I did not trust him at first to be in control of my life. I thought he'd wreck it, but he knows bike secrets, knows how to make it bend and take sharp corners, knows how to jump to clear high rocks, knows how to fly to short and scary passages. I'm learning to shut up and pedal in the strangest places, and I'm beginning to enjoy the view and the cool breeze on my face with my delightful constant companion, Jesus Christ. And when I'm sure that I can't do any more, or I can't go any further, he just smiles and says, pedal. God is probably not going to talk to you through a donkey, but he does care about where you go and what you do. And as you live in relationship with him, he speaks in a whole lot of ways. He just needs us to listen and then to follow, to do what he says. It's, uh, it starts with that relationship and that it continues day by day as we open our eyes afresh and new to what, uh, what God wants for us. Let's pray together.
Father God, again, we thank you for your presence here today, but not just here, but in our daily lives. Lord, I pray that you will remind us that we can know in the depth of our hearts that you do care about where we go and what we do. You, you care about uh, the, the circumstances of our lives. You care about what we say, and, and um, you care about who we say it to. You care about the, the, the things that we do with the, the, the time and, and energy that we have. Lord, you have placed us here for, pur- for purpose. Lord, I thank you that you love us, that you want a relationship with us. And Lord, I pray that as we, uh, as we just focus on you today and as your Holy Spirit uh, moves in and around us today, that, that we can recognize and know that you do love us, that you desire what's best for us. Lord, I pray for, uh, for those who may be gathered here today and, and are wrestling with where to go and what to do. Lord, I pray that you can uh, help us to know, uh, help each one of us to know that, uh, that, that you, your ways are best. That we don't want to fight against you or, or, or do what, uh, what displeases you, but we want to honor you with, with what we do and how we live. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name.